Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Three Worlds podcast. Um, it's been slightly longer than it should have been. I did intend to get one to you, but uh, it's been a little complicated. Um, we uh, went to print with issue 60 of Sacred Hoop magazine a while ago. And uh, just as we were about to go to print, our magazine printers went bankrupt. So we had to scrabble about and find a new company that would print the magazine. And they couldn't actually then do it when we needed to. So we had to go on holiday before it was finished. We had planned to go on holiday immediately that it was finished, but that didn't work out. So we went on holiday and then we came back and then we finished the magazine. And we sent it to the printers. And the day after it went to the printers, my wife, Jan Morganwood, developed blood clots in her lungs, which was kind of fun and interesting and gave us a whole new opportunity to experience hospitals. So she was rushed into hospital and she stayed there for five days. And uh, she's fine now, by the way. Uh, those of you who are familiar with Jan and her writings and her beautiful paintings, she's fine. Um, she obviously was in danger, but they gave her all the medication that she needed and she was taken out of danger and put on this hospital ward, actually feeling fine. She didn't really feel ill, but uh, the doctors were, were quite concerned about her. And so we had all of that rigmarole and uh, lots of tests and all of the bits and pieces that go with, with uh, hospital stays. And then she came out and she was kind of OK, but I was looking after her. And then I got flu, probably from some wonderful bug that I picked up in the hospital while visiting her. And I've actually been pretty ill with flu for about two weeks and I spent about a week in bed, which is most unlike me. I don't get ill. I really, really don't get ill, touch wood. Anyway, so one thing has led to another, which 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 has led to this podcast being slightly later than I anticipated. But all's well. Everybody is getting there. I might cough in the middle of this podcast, but the beauty of recording a podcast is that I can take things out. So there will be no coughs apart from this one <coughs> there. <laughs> I will edit all the rest out. Anyway, I hope you're all doing good. Thank you all for your emails and various other comments and bits and pieces that have come winging their way to me through the ether. And uh, this is a podcast that's going to continue talking about the medicine wheel. Now, there's sort of two bits to this left, which I want to talk about. One of them is how to use the medicine wheel. And then one of them is working with the non-cardinal directions of the medicine wheel. Um, I'm going to leave the non-cardinal bits till a little bit later because that will be a longer podcast and uh, I'll be quite frank with you, I'm still not 100% well so I don't really feel like exerting huge amounts of energy so I'm going to do an easier one for me which is the one talking about what you do with these darn teachings. So, four directions. I'm hoping that everybody that's listening to this has listened to the last two podcasts and they know what I'm on about when I talk about the four directions. I'm going to say a bit about how I use them. Now these aren't the right way, they're just my way and you all have to find your way. For me the four directions, well if you like the six directions of above and below as well as north, south, east and west, 
they form a sort of model for the world. They form an intellectual understanding of the world with its component parts of earth, air, fire and water and mind, body, spirit and uh, emotions. And um, for me, they're a kind of map of understanding of the way the world ticks. And you can work with them on that level perfectly well, but there's an other way of doing it. And that is quite tangibly using them as directions in ceremony and things like that. So let's let's talk a bit about that. When I do a pipe ceremony, the way that I've been taught to do pipes is pretty traditional and it's to call in the spirits of the directions. Now, a lot of cosmologies have sort of angel type beings or archangel type beings standing in each of the directions. These are the embodiments if you like, of the spirits of the directions. So I call in with tobacco when I'm put doing a pipe ceremony and I invite the powers of the four winds, the four directions, to come in and help us in the ceremony to help us make good prayers and to do the ceremony in a good way. So I'm, I'm deliberately calling upon those four directions and then I will offer smoke to those directions. I will blow smoke to, towards the directions and I will uh, offer the the pipe to them to smoke by circling the pipe stem around in a in a clockwise circle. Um, that's kind of a bit hard to imagine. But if you imagine that I'm holding the bowl of the pipe and then I sort of circle the the smoking end around in a circle facing all of the directions, that's that's how you do that. So that's one way. I would make offerings to the directions. At the end of a uh, pipe, um, I will uh, take the, the, the spare tobacco and the ashes and I will scatter those. And I will generally do a pinch of uh, the, 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 the powder, the ashes and whatever. I will scatter to each of the four directions and also the above and the below. So that's another way of acknowledging it. There's a, a Mongolian, Siberian, Tibetan probably just about actually everywhere i know it from these traditions but it's probably just about everywhere of spraying water or liquid or wine or beer or whatever to the directions too and it's not something that i do every time but if i'm opening a bottle of wine i will quite often uh use my finger and flick the first um sort of sip of the wine if you like to the directions i will put just dip my finger in the wine and i will flick up and then i will flick down and then i will flick to each of the directions and that's just offering them a little of the drink um in mongolian shamanism uh and siberian shamanism too in certain parts vodka is used um i must admit that it's a tradition that i've warmed to over the last few years and i do now quite often if i'm doing a healing ceremony or something like that i will actually pour a tiny amount of vodka onto a small bowl uh, on my altar and I will uh, flick the vodka up to the ceiling and down to the ground and to each of the four corners of the room as an offering to the spirits. So this is a way of sort of honouring the four directions. It's not really using them as, as a way of sort of working with teachings as such, but it is just acknowledging that they exist and uh, using them in that way. Or working with them in that way, perhaps is a better way of putting it. Now, there are other things that you can do that are a little bit more focused. Um, if I was to have a question, a question about my life, there's various ways that I would tackle that question. But one of the ways 
could be what I know as a flowering tree ceremony. Now, there are many ways of doing a flowering tree ceremony. This is not the definitive way. This is just a way. And what I suggest you do is think about it and adapt it for your own use. A flowering tree ceremony involves ideally a tree. It doesn't have to, but it, it is nice if you've got a tree. You go to the south of the tree. You approach the tree in a sacred way. You make an offering to the tree and you ask it to help you. An offering would be a little bit of tobacco, a little bit of chocolate, maybe a little glass of wine, a little little bit of milk, um, a hair of your head, anything that's just a small offering, a small giveaway. And you talk to the tree and you ask it to help you. And then you sit in the south of the tree, or the south, you, you sit towards the face. Oh, ugh, told you I'm not well. You sit with your back to the tree facing south. And you ask a question. And the question may be something like, how have I come to be in this place? What has my past been that's led me to this particular point of my life? And then you sit there and you let the universe talk to you. You see what happens. You see what thoughts and feelings come up for you. You watch the world around you. You watch animals that might come. You watch the way the wind moves. You try, without using your head too much, to get an answer. You just note. You don't try and work it out. You just note. So that's sitting in the south. Where have I come from? to bring me to this place. Now remember from our medicine wheel teachings of the last couple of podcasts, the South is the place of the past. So you can understand why it's about where you have come from. And then I would move clockwise around the tree to the North. And I would ask something like, where am I going if I continue on this particular path? And you do the same thing. You sit with it quietly. You let the universe show you things, bring things up inside you, bring things up in, outside in the world around you and just see and just hold that lightly. And when you feel that you've kind of got all the information, you walk all the way around the tree again clockwise, keep going clockwise, and you then move to the west. And you ask about your present situation because the west is the place of the present time. And you ask about how it is for me now. Or you ask about how do I feel about that in a sort of body sense. Just questions around about how it is for you now. And then after you've got the answers for that, you move around to the east, which is the place of action, which is the place of doing things. Again, moving around clockwise, you always travel clockwise. And you would ask questions about what do I need to change or how do I change this? If you don't like the path that you're on, what do you do about it? This is a very crude way. I think it's important that you actually find your own questions about it. If you want to do something even simpler after you've done all of that process, you could sit to the south of the tree and ask how you feel emotionally about a specific item of your life that you're puzzling over. And then you could move round to the West and you could ask how you feel about it physically. What's the body sense of it so that you start to work with it in that way? 
and then you could work round to the north and you could ask what you think about it and then you could go round to the east and you could ask what it is that you have to do about it there's lots and lots of ways of working at it be creative these are just sort of very crude examples you can be as creative as you want to be with it and work with it in that way now you don't have to have a tree of course um, if you have got a tree then at the end of the ceremony you thank it and you maybe make another offering and you leave it and go away and get on with the rest of your life but uh, the house that I lived in before um, I had uh, a small sort of ceremonial stone um, mm, kind of like a cauldrony type thing with flowers in the middle of a stone circular patio area <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of uh, not really set up as a medicine wheel, but it it worked as one perfectly well. And, uh, and and I've sort of sat people around that in different directions and just given them sets of questions to ask themselves. And they just do that process for as long as it takes. And then they get the answers themselves. They get the answers because they listen to their own internal space. And they also get the answers because they're listening and looking and hearing and experiencing the world outside of themselves. The world outside of themselves in this tradition is always trying to teach you. So you pay attention to the world. What are the ants saying to you? What are the clouds saying to you? What is that breeze saying to you? What is the sunshine saying to you? If you're in Wales, what is the rain saying to you? All of these things. It's just a way of working. It's just a way of working that actually sort of helps you get outside of your head. It's very easy for us to have our thoughts and stuff going on inside our head and we rattle around with it. So that's a very, very crude and basic introduction to the flowering tree ceremony. Try it yourselves. You can't do this intellectually. Be with some questions, work out some questions for yourself and go and do a flowering tree ceremony. Just go and do it. It's a good thing to do. That's one way that I would work with the wheel. Um, I tend to do things quite ceremonially in terms of craft work. I mean, I'm kind of, I suppose I'm fairly known for the fact that I'm well into ceremonial objects and things. You know, that's my particular bent. I just really, really enjoy doing that. So I would also work with working with the elements and the four directions in that way. If I was making a bundle for myself, I may well put items into that bundle that uh, actually represented the four directions. Um, I would put in perhaps four coloured beads. The very simplest thing that I would do would be four coloured beads. Red, black, white, yellow, south, west, north, east. So those are just a conscious way of bringing in those four directions into the bundle to empower it. By bundle, of course, I mean a little medicine bag or some other sorts of uh, healing sort of amulet type thing. I may put in, uh, if you remember the very first podcast that I did on this subject a couple of uh, a couple of podcasts ago, I built an imaginary altar in the middle of the room by putting a fir cone, a stone, a magpie wing and a little Buddha in each of the directions around a candle in the centre, building the four directions in, in that way. And there's no reason why you can't make a four directions altar for yourself. And again, then if you have, you could sit around that and move around it and ask questions. Just be in the south and be with the feelings of about a situation. Be in the north and be in the head part of yourself about that situation, your thoughts. Be in the west and see how it feels in your body. 
and then dream it. Sit in the West and dream about what you need to change and then move over to the East and actually conceptualize and visualize and create that energetic space for yourself to change the situation that you're in, that you're wishing to change. This is all about growing yourself as a person. It's all about me growing myself as a person, becoming empowered. And if you can use the medicine wheel for empowerment in that way, that's what it's for. It's all about empowerment. And remember those two forms of power that I talked about in an earlier podcast, Kraft and Macht. This is all about power over yourself, creative power, Kraft. It's not about might, Macht, over other people. It's all about you gaining your balance and you're gaining an energetic sort of ability for you to be a stronger, healthier, bigger person. Okay, so how else would you use the medicine wheel? Well, I've talked about ceremonial ways. You could face each of the directions and invite those spirits in when you're doing a ceremony. And at the end of the ceremony, you thank them and let them go gently. Uh, remember, you don't control them. You're inviting them. And it's always good. I've probably said this in the past too, but it's always good to remember that if you're inviting in any spirit, you always put the little line at the end of it, those that love me. Not everything out there loves you. So I would always invite, you know, especially if it's a spirit like an ancestor, you know, you're doing, you're inviting ancestors into a, into a ceremony or some sort of space that you're creating. It's always those that love me or those that love us. If there's a group of you doing it, but with the directions, you're a bit safer, but it's always good to actually just remember that and have that little caveat at the end of it. So you would perhaps face each of the directions and ask them to come in and help you when you do a ceremony. And remember the directions that I teach and work with have the four, uh, four elements associated with them. But the four elements are not necessarily associated with those directions in other systems. Uh, this is just the particular wheel that I use that has, for instance, water in the south. Other wheels will have water in the west or, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not the territory. It's only a map. All of these systems are not the territory. They're just a way of explaining the territory. When you get to know the territory, you can throw the map away. The map is just there to help you find your way into the territory. Other ways you can build a medicine wheel. You can build a medicine wheel with rocks. And I'll talk about that more when we've done the other directions, because uh, I always like to build a medicine wheel with the non-cardinal directions in as well. Southeast, southwest, northwest, northeast, all of those. Um, and there's a set of teachings that I do called the 20 count, which uh, you can very, very well adapt to make a... Uh, uh, a 20 stone medicine wheel which you can put out on the land if you've got one in the garden okay other things that you can do with the directions working with the colors if you've got a tree tie ribbons into them this is the idea of the prayer flags tibetan prayer flags are four direction flags well they're five directions because they have the center as well if you look at tibetan prayer flags they have five colors those are the four directions and the center and many traditions will tie little rags into trees and uh, if you're going to do that in a sort of Native American tradition then you would use colors of the four directions and you would just tie little strips of those in the trees 
just a way of honouring the directions and letting the winds blow through. And you can make prayers with those as you tie them up there. Be respectful of the tree. You don't want to hurt it. You know, you're not trying to garrot the branches and make them drop off because the circulation's not getting through. Just loosely tie them on and let the elements dissolve them. Try and use natural materials. You don't want to tie bits of coloured plastic in your trees. Nice bit of cotton cloth or something like that. Be creative. All of this is about you being creative and feeling that you have got the authority for you to do what you need to do in your own way. If it's right for you at this moment, do it. Your views and the ways that you work with medicine will change over the years because you will develop as a person and you will be taught more. You'll learn more from other people and you'll learn more from the spirits and you'll kind of in you know expose more of yourself inside it's like you will you're you're a sort of like a mine of, of wisdom yourself and the more you dig into yourself and the more you actually explore the more wisdoms will come up for you inside in you know almost like a kind of organic way they will come to the surface and um so you do something in a ceremony and it feels appropriate now but in five years time you may think god did i really do that <laughs> crass it's fine. We all do it. I mean, I do stuff now that I would, you know, I think about what I used to do 20 years ago and cringe. That's life. You know, we all do that. But, uh, you know, so work with the medicine wheel in that own creative way, in your own wonderful way, because it is. I and mean, there's no right way of doing it. Um, even in a tribal tradition, if you like, um, there's the way it's done. And then there's the way that people do it. And they're often different. I've rabbited enough. This is a short podcast. I'll uh, finish with a bit of music. One of the things that Jan and I have been doing over the last little while is organising our funerals. We're mortals. We're going to die. That's the way it is. Um, so we've been kind of thinking about that. And uh, I very much would like a sky burial. Uh, that's not very easy in Britain. Well, it's not very easy anywhere, really. Um, sky burial is the Tibetan tradition of uh, I'd like to be cut up and fed to vultures. Or uh, if it was round here, it would it would be uh, buzzards, which are uh, close relatives of the American red-tailed hawk for you across the other side of the pond. They're not buzzards as in vultures. They're big hawks. They're the closest that we have here to eagles, really, in Wales. They're pretty big. Um, so uh, I'd be fed to the buzzards or the red kites um, and the magpies around here. We don't have vultures, but that would be pretty good. And uh, because I also do the Tibetan stuff, if anybody wants my leg bones and bits and pieces that they can use for ceremonial objects, that would be cool too. It'd be great. Um, I think probably that's not going to happen. It's not going to be very easy for that to happen. So uh, I haven't quite decided whether I want to be sort of organically buried in a nice woodland somewhere or cremated. Uh, I have to think about that. But the one thing that I have decided upon is is total ego stuff. This is the piece of music that I would like played at my funeral. And so I'm going to share that with you because it's great. I think this is a wonderful piece of music. If If I could have played on any piece of music, I think it would probably be this. I would love to play on this. This is uh, it's a piece of medieval music um, by the group Symphony, who... Uh, uh no longer really together but it's uh it's uh stevie wishart playing uh a hurdy-gurdy a medieval hurdy-gurdy a symphony um and uh it's jim denley 
playing frame drums and Paula Chateauneuf playing a uh, medieval lute. It's it's actually an Arabic oud, but uh, she's uh, fretted it and, and strung it so that it's more like a medieval lute. And it's a piece of instrumental music from a 13th century troubadour from the south of France called Cadenet. And uh, it was written, I guess, somewhere around about 1250. And it's an instrumental version of a song. Anyway, I think it's a wonderful piece of music. And uh, this isn't me being morbid. And there's nothing wrong with being morbid anyway. But I'm not being morbid because this is gorgeous. And this makes me feel so alive, this piece of music. So I thought I'd like to share it with you all. Health and uh, other things uh, all being equal and... uh, um yes <laughs> i will get another podcast together pretty quick hopefully and we'll do the next bit of the medicine wheel teachings i uh, love to hear from people my email address is nick at sacredhoop.org the podcast website and my uh, shamanic gallery for antiques and ritual objects is uh three worlds.co.uk number three worlds.co.uk sacred hoop magazine come and be a subscriber to the magazine you know you want to it's a wonderful wonderful magazine www.sacredhoop.org and my craft work website and all that sort of stuff nicholaswood.net um thanks for listening to this one i hope you've enjoyed it and uh i hope in my slightly fluey state it's made some sort of sense and hey i didn't cough all the way through wow i must be getting better enjoy this lovely piece of music and uh well i hope you think it's nice yeah i'm sure you will it's good it's good yeah go for it okay bye <laughs>